This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to The Real Reel Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and today we're doing a solo episode. I really enjoy doing these solo episodes because I actually get to sit down and talk to you, share my opinions, share my thoughts, and I just think it's really entertaining and I don't really get to do that when I'm, you know, interviewing a guest as much besides my little like five second intros. And I wanted first to kind of recap my week because this week has been a week where I feel like I've been doing kind of a lot. I've gone to a lot of events as an influencer, content creator which has been always really fun. And I love that, you know, now that it's kind of getting warmer out here, Miami is hosting more events, but it's also been stressful because obviously I have Rella and I'm doing that full time. And so I have to pick and choose what I go to, but luckily a lot of them have been on the weekends or after work. And so it hasn't been too, too bad, but I am trying to kind of figure out, you know, how to balance full-time founder and full-time content creator. It's been easy on the, how to be full-time Rella, you know, full-time founder because I spend like all my time doing that. But then when it comes to content, I'm kind of doing it after work at six o'clock, seven o'clock. Like, I mean, I'm recording this at 5.30 when the day is done already. And this is like, it's due today, this podcast. Like I have to record this today. So, you know, things are just a little hectic and it's just trying to find that balance. But I don't want to be like, oh, poor me. I I have so much going on. Like, I am so grateful for my job. I love my job. I love what I do. I have zero complaints about it. I'm just being honest with you and kind of, you know, talking to you like I would talk to my friends. So that's kind of what I wanted to share. And obviously, I am so grateful, like I said, for what I do. And today's episode especially makes me even more grateful because I'm about to read some job horror stories, some interview horror stories, career fails, startup fails. I kind of looked up a broad topic on Reddit because I recently have been obsessed with listening to those podcasts that do like the am I the asshole and they read Reddit threads or, you know, I love what we said podcasts where they read things that you guys have sent in or they'll go on Reddit. I know they're like one of their last podcasts. They looked on Reddit for like 
worst date horror stories or something like that. And although like my podcast is not really about love and relationships, I wanted to do something that was a little bit more relevant. And so I wanted to do something all about like jobs, careers, startups, like things that I typically talk about in this episode. And I think it's also fitting because I've gotten a lot of DMs about asking for like career advice, asking for networking tips, career advice. People have come to me telling me that they feel like they're stuck in this job. It's not their dream job. They don't know how to pivot. And although this podcast is not really going to be advice for that, I do want to make it a little bit more lighthearted and share some of the kind of job career interview horror stories that I found on Reddit. And I asked you guys for a few of them, but I literally asked like right before I hit record. So I think I just got like one or two. So I'll read those at the end. But before we get started with that, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about my career horror stories, job horror stories. And I don't really have like horrible ones. I just have a few kind of awkward ones, if you will. So on Reddit, I looked up worst bosses, like startup fails that like if you were working at a startup, um, like company culture fails, things like that. And then I also looked up like job interview fails, career fails, um, and anything like worst boss, like any anything along those lines, anything along the work life vibe. So I wanted to kind of share a few of mine. So we'll start off with my worst boss. My worst boss was actually at my very first job ever. I had a boss that was a former drill sergeant. Nothing wrong with drill sergeants, but this was, I was working at a Chick-fil-A. So we didn't need a drill sergeant there, but we didn't need to be operating like that, if you will. Uh, So I was working at Chick-fil-A and I was 16 it was my very first job. The second I got my license, I literally drove myself to apply for jobs because I couldn't wait to start working. And I just couldn't wait to like have my own money. So started working at Chick-fil-A and I loved the people I worked with. I loved most of my managers, but there was this one that she was just really, really rude and everyone didn't like her. It was one of those where you got hired and you were kind of like warned about her. This boss in particular, she would always be kind of like a stickler for either clocking in early or being late. And what I mean by that is I would come into work and let's say my shift was at two o'clock. I would come into work at two o'clock and it would be like 1.59. Like I would be there literally a minute before and I would clock in and I would get told like, well, what time does your shift start? And it was like a very condescending, you know, like I know that you know what time my shift starts kind of, but you're still asking me. And I was like, oh, it starts at two. She's like, well, uh, it says here that's 159. And I was like, oh yeah, I just like got here early. It's like, well, you shouldn't be getting paid for that one minute. You need to start clocking in exactly at two o'clock. Or if I would get there at like 201 or like 202, let's say she would come up to me and do the same thing. Like what time does your shift start? And be like, oh, two. She's like, um, well, it's 201 when you clocked in like very, very condescending like that. And so that was always something that I really hated because I just thought it was ridiculous that I was getting like yelled at for one to two minutes discrepancy, whether it's early or late. I was just like, it's literally one minute. And she was just really, really rude. Like she would just be super condescending, would yell at people, make people cry, would get on people for like the way that they did their hair, the way that they dressed. Like in Chick-fil-A, you have a uniform. If you were wearing like a certain type of jewelry or hair, it was just like it was not um, the nicest lady and it was not my nicest boss. So I quit that after about four months because 
I just really didn't enjoy working in that environment. And also I just wasn't made for the food industry. But I would say that that was probably my worst boss, which to say that that's my worst boss is really good because it wasn't even that bad. So I didn't really have a lot of horrible boss stories. There was nothing that was like inappropriate or bad or anything like that. That was probably my worst, my worst one yet. As for worst interview, I honestly haven't had too, too many interviews, but I will always remember this one from Accenture when I used to work there. I had really great interviews like for the company, but once you start working at Accenture, you also have to interview to get on certain projects. And so there was an interview with a project and I remember I walked into the room and they had my YouTube videos pulled up on the screen. And this is like, I'm working in technology. I am not talking about my YouTube channel as much in this job, I thought. And it's also three older men with my YouTube videos on the screen. And I was just mortified. And there were some YouTube videos I would film like a what I eat in a day or fitness videos where I'm wearing like a bikini or like a sports bra. And that's my thumbnail. And I just felt so uncomfortable because those would be the ones that like they would click on or like they would just be like pulled up and I just felt so awkward and they literally sat there and watched a few videos for like three or four minutes and it was just really 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 uncomfortable so I would say that that is probably one of my worst um like job experiences um or interview experiences. They were really nice people. Like I, you know, they were super super nice and respectful. It wasn't like they made me uncomfortable after that. I think they were just like curious on what I was doing. So that one was pretty bad, I would say. I just felt very awkward being like 22 years old. Uh, walking into this room with older people and then having like my videos on screen, especially ones that were maybe a bit more revealing for work. It was just very awkward. So I would say that that was probably my most like awkward interview. You know what the best feeling is when you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing. You know those days when your hair shines with confidence? Well, I have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality, which is Way's new hair gloss. I personally have been loving taking care of my hair. I just got a new haircut and at first I was iffy on it, but then the more I've looked at it and the more I've styled it, I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair. It's all about how you style it. So I have been meticulous about my hair routine. I've been incorporating Waze hair gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look. It's so easy. Just five minutes in the shower and bam, instant shine. And let me tell you, preventing heat damage is a top priority for me. And with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees, I can style worry-free. And the best part, my hair feels shinier, healthier, and more vibrant than before. If you guys have seen my blowouts on my Instagram or my TikTok, you know that I have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny. Getting your shine on in the shower with Waze hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water. And so it, so it not only gives you immediate shine, but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy. And here's the best part. In a consumer perception study, over 85% of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier, healthier, and smoother with Waze hair gloss. Give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T H E 
O-U-A-I and use promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, promo code RealReal. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. And then I did have a recent interview actually during Rella. So I had an interview with a VC firm and this one was probably my rudest interview. And keep in mind, I do not have bad experiences pitching Rella to VC firms or to investors. I've only had really great experiences besides this one. This one experience was pretty uncomfortable and I I knew from like minute five or minute three that this was not the person for me. And I was like, I am just going to like have this conversation, but I'm not even going to follow up because I know that this is just like not the person for me, but it just got like progressively ruder as time went on. Pretty much I was first like questioned about, you know, what Rella is, which is totally understandable. This person was an older person, so they didn't really understand the social media landscape. One thing that they thought was that Rella was for people who like post on social media for other brands, even though I continued to reiterate that it was for influencers that, you know, are content creators for themselves. They have their own personal brand. And they kind of were like, well, you know, you need to do a way better job explaining that. Like no one knows what an influencer is and you need to do a better job at explaining what that is. I had no idea what that was. And from there, I was like, okay, maybe I should explain it better. I thought I did a good job, but maybe it was also a generational thing where some people don't know what influencers are. I've never had that happen before during my like tons of pitches that I had done. They kind of went on and continued to, you know, ask me questions about my round, ask me questions about what the company was. And they were just telling me that, you know, the only reason why I've spoken to investors so far is because I'm like young and I'm pretty. And that's the only reason why people haven't told me like the truth, quote unquote. And I just thought that that was one of the rudest things you could say because I didn't think that that was the case. I think I'm a very competent person with a good company and a good idea and a good team. And the pitch is pretty clear and concise. Obviously, I can always work on things, but I do not believe that the only reason I'm in calls with people is because I'm young and pretty and how people won't tell me the truth, quote unquote, and how it it just got very rude, very fast. It, w- it was just so condescending. Um, and I kind of tried to block this out of my memory, but I do remember that specific comment. And I just remember thinking, I need to get off this call. And this was actually a woman speaking to me. So it was kind of discouraging. But uh, yeah, I thought that that was really rude. And they pretty much just told me like, good luck, you know. And yeah, that was a really, really, really rude interview. But, you know, that was the only one that I experienced like that. And I didn't follow up. I didn't even like say thank you afterwards. You know, usually I'll like email people and be like, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I didn't even really feel like doing that. I felt very disrespected in that call. And so 
I just decided to not email them and say anything and just not talk to them anymore. But yeah, that one, I was kind of like taken aback. And then she also, I remember kind of like laughed at something that I said in the middle of the interview. And I was like, okay, never mind. We're, we're going to end this call. This is, this is not for me. So those were some of my career slash workplace slash interview stories, kind of like the worst of them, but mine aren't even that bad. So, you know, we are going to read a few other people's and this is the real, real, like I said, so we are getting the inside scoop behind the highlight reel of the LinkedIn posts of, oh my God, I just got a new job. I'm so excited. We're hearing the real, real, we're seeing the behind the scenes and we're seeing them from the best place to actually see like jaw dropping stories and just kind of like laugh and relate to things. We're just getting it from the source from Reddit. And let's get started. This first one is a little long. Um, this was actually the worst boss horror story that I looked up. So I'm just going to get started and read it. Jerry. Jerry wouldn't let me go to the emergency room after the heavy vaginal bleeding I had been experiencing suddenly got way worse. I went over his head and got permission to go. I called my mom, told her to meet me in the ER. The ER nurse said that he'd never seen so much blood. An ER nurse said this. It's determined that I needed a couple of blood transfusions and will be admitted. My mom calls Jerry, who then proceeds to tell her that it's just stress and I need to get back to work. At this point, I couldn't even lift my head up, but sure, I can take a bus across town and go back to work. I ended up getting another hospital stay later for a DNC. They found a large growth that needed a biopsy. Jerry kept insisting that it couldn't be cancer because I'd be tired and losing weight. I'd lost eight pounds in a week and went to bed the minute I got home. I was still recovering from the procedure when Jerry called me to let me know that I was fired for taking up too much time off. Five days later, I was diagnosed with cancer. F you, Jerry. F you. All right, this one's kind of a hard hitter that we're starting with. This one's not even funny. This is just honestly so sad. I just can't believe that there are some bosses that are like this. There is nothing in the world, no work that you do, nothing that is worth treating someone like this. Like, and this isn't even to say unless, because like, I don't think there's any situation, but most likely this person wasn't doing anything that was, you know, life or death. Like the the company, for example, this company was not doing things that were life or death, that that employee did not need to be there or else someone would die. But literally this person could have died if they did not go to the hospital. So I just can't believe there are bosses like this. And I think that if your boss is ever prioritizing work over health, and I'm not even like, I'm talking mental health, physical health, anything like that, you need to find a new job. Like they do not respect you as a person at all. And I just, I, I hate that that's like even a situation that someone had to go through. Not only of course, having health issues on top of it, but then being fired and let go. And I am pretty sure that this could be a lawsuit. So it is just crazy that there are bosses like this. Sometimes I read these Reddit threads and I'm like, I honestly read them so that I can kind of give myself a pat on the back for not being a bad boss because I actually think I'm a pretty good boss. I would say, um, and so I read some of these and I'm like, how do people get like this? Like, where did it go wrong in Jerry's head that this was something that he thought was appropriate? I hope he got sued. That is just ridiculous. This one is a short one. This was about worst job interview. But this person said, the interview forgot about me and left me standing outside for three hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> I have to laugh at this because the dedication that the this like interviewee did like if it was one hour I think I'd be dipping I would be like this is ridiculous they don't respect me unless they like kept me in the loop they were like hey like I'm so sorry it's, it's just we're running really late but like three hours 
this guy was going on four hours. He's spending the entire day just in the waiting room. Like, did anyone check on you? Were you were you told that you were running late? Were you able to like have some water, get something to eat, go to the bathroom? Like, that's what I want to know because I can't believe. And also they said standing outside. I hope there was like a waiting room and this wasn't physically outside because that's just horrible. I don't know if I would want to work for that company if they did that. I think it would show a lot about them. I don't know. Am I like too soft? What do you guys think? Like three hours and 40 minutes. That's just a really long time. This interviewer seemed like she was barely paying attention. She would ask me a question and then sort of stare off into space until she didn't hear my voice and then ask another question. Finally, she asked me if I have any questions for her. I asked what a typical day in the life of the position. This woman went from zero to pissed off in an instant. She ranted about candidates asking about hours worked and no one has ambition. She was red in the face and there was spit flying. As soon as I got in a word, I explained my question, which was not about starting and end times, and she calmed down as fast as she got angry and answered my question. I left after that and sat in my car for a few minutes trying to figure out what just happened. Okay. First of all, nothing is worse when you're talking to someone and you can tell that they're not paying attention. I hate that. Like, you know, when you're in a group of people and all of a sudden you like say something and you're like kind of giving in your input. And you notice like no one is looking at you and no one's paying attention. And it's pretty much like, did you even say it? Like, was that even a phrase that came out of your mouth? Or it's even worse when it's like you say something and no one's paying attention. But there's like one person that's like, "Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. And even though I appreciate that one person so much that's like paying attention, letting me know she's paying attention. It also is just embarrassing because you know that she's doing it because she knows that no one's paying attention either. And she just like feels bad for you. So nothing is worse than talking and feeling like you are not being heard or listened to or the person's just zoned out. So already bad foot. And then you could probably tell, I'm just picturing a boss that's like on her computer, like answering emails while this person is like asking questions. And obviously she wasn't actually fully paying attention if she thought the question was about like start and end times. But to be upset about that gives me the energy of like the Kim Kardashian, no one wants to work these days when it's like, well, no one has any ambition if they're asking about the hours worked. That is a very fair question to ask. I would ask that even if it's not about start and end times, that's still a fair question. But asking what the typical day in the life is, I would always ask that in my interviews. I'd always be like, what does the person in this position typically do? What does your day look like? Like, I think that's a very fair question. Uh, And the fact that she got very upset over that and kind of ratting off everyone as lazy and just has no ambition is ridiculous. Like, I get the vibes that this person wants you to sleep in the office and be on at all times. And I, if there's anything this pandemic taught us, it's that you don't need to do that. I think in the beginning, it was hard to kind of turn off because you were working from home. But now we realize the importance of a work-life balance. And I know nothing's going to be like a hundred percent balanced, but we realize that, that we need to have some balance in our day and, and working is not absolutely everything. So this sucks. I hope that you didn't end up working there because I don't think I would want to work with someone like that. And I think people forget that you have the power to decide if you want to work somewhere. Like you should be kind of interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. I know that's a privilege in itself, but if you do have that privilege to do that, I definitely recommend it because you don't want to work in a place that is incredibly toxic or horrible and definitely check out like glass door reviews before you end up working anywhere. 
One day, an engineer went into the office late at night to send something to a client. They discovered a tent and that the lead engineer had been living in the office for months. He explained everything to the boss, and while I don't exactly know why he was living there, he kept living there for a few more weeks. Now, when I saw this one, let me tell you what this reminded me of. This reminded me of like the Google offices because I saw a TikTok on it and the Google offices are amazing. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They have sleeping pods, like like areas where you can take naps in. They have a full ass gym. They have like a theater, like they have it all. You could live there. And I think that's what the intention is. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know about Google's work-life balance. I'm sure depending on your position, it can be very good. And I'm sure that it can be very bad depending on like what work you're doing. But my theory is that the reason why these really cool companies offer perks like this, especially Google, and trust me, I'm, I'm taking the perks. The perks are amazing. They have free coffee, like full-on coffee shops, restaurants, like it's great. But I do think it's because they essentially want you to live at the office. They want you kind of to have no excuse to not be there, to not live there. Well, if there's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, then you don't need to go home. You can just kind of take your break. Oh, there's a sleeping pod? Just sleep there. There's a full-service gym? Just just sleep here. Get Go to the gym in the morning. Get Eat your breakfast, eat your lunch, eat your dinner, sleep in our sleep pods, and do the whole thing the next day. You don't even have to leave. Like It's great. It's wonderful. And I do think that it's because it is promoting that kind of like unhealthy lifestyle. Could I be wrong? Totally. Will I take those perks? 100%. Would I want my office to have those perks? 100%. I think it's amazing. But I do also think that there is a little bit more than just we want to treat our employees fairly. I think there is also some aspect of it that's like, we want you to be living here forever. And I'd love to know what you think about that. Because and if you're someone that enjoys those perks, what do you think about that? Because I'm sure that those, you know, they don't want necessarily everyone to be doing that. But I'm sure there are some roles and some people that work at these companies that feel like they do live at the office. And like this person, you know, they went the extra mile, they pitched a tent, they literally took a tent and slept at the office. This next one is kind of similar to the first one. I had a boss who refused to let me take an unplanned vacation to see my grandma on her deathbed. I quit on the spot. It was strange because up until that incident, she was really cool and laid back. But then I asked for the weekend off to go visit my dying grandmother. She snapped and lectured me about how I needed to plan my vacation better. Again, what is up with these bosses? This is not life or death situation. I know there are employee shortages. I know that like if someone's asking for time off all the time, it's kind of annoying. But this stuff happens. Like you have to keep into account people's lives. Like this is someone's family member that I'm sorry, didn't plan her death around your schedule. Like that is just insane to me. I can't believe there are people like that. And I just want to know where it went wrong. Like did this person maybe ask off all the time? She thought that she was like lying about her grandma. Like was there some backstory or is this person just kind of like crazy and like really just like just honestly insane and and not letting her see her dying grandmother. I'm just so thankful that I never had situations like that because that is tough. That is really, really, really tough. This one is from one of my listeners, actually. She said that she is in the hospitality biz. Company was in the process of opening a new bar and they had commercial dumpsters. Forgot to order a new one and boss goes, you've become so dumb, stupid, and slow. You used to be so sharp and on top of things and I don't know what's gotten into you. At the time, I was in the pit of a depression. This one is so sad. I feel like one, you never tell someone, no matter what they're doing, that they have become dumb, stupid, and slow. If they're disappointing you, if they're, you know, maybe not acting the way that they used to, if they're not doing a great job, you talk to them. I feel like that's literally 
like an employee or slash boss relationship 101. There are processes that you need to take before you just like fire someone, before you kind of reprimand them. You have to talk to them and kind of assess what's going on. I've had conversations like that with people where I will have a meeting with them and I'll be like, hey, you aren't meeting, you know, these expectations. What's up? It's like one of the most difficult conversations to have, but I think it's also one of the most crucial ones. And the fact that they are, you know, like just straight off the bat being like, you're dumb, stupid, and slow is so rude. And especially because you don't know what people are going through. And if you had that conversation in the beginning of, hey, you know, you're not performing the way you used to, you've been slacking in certain areas you know, what's going on, maybe that person will open up and tell you that they've been having a hard time. And then you can help put things in place that are going to help them succeed. Like I think as a boss, your role is not just to boss people around. It's also to put people in positions where they can actually succeed and do well. And call me crazy for thinking that, but uh, that's horrible. I hate that. I would go into work in the morning and I would say, hi, good morning. And he would just look at me and not respond. Then he would text me at 10 p.m. asking me to do stuff. I also had to drive an hour and 15 minutes to work because they actually changed offices after I accepted the position and planned out where I was going to live based on the previous office. And they wouldn't even pay for any of my gas. I was also hired to be in a more researched role and in a role that could grow and expand quickly. And they had me mopping the floors, vacuuming the floors, and essentially being the cleaning lady for their factory. I have a college degree and this was my first job out of college. Yikes, yikes, yikes. First of all, hi, good morning, blank face. Why? Just why? It takes more effort to not say it and feel awkward than it does to say, hi, good morning, even if you don't like the person. I don't understand that. And I will never understand that. Like, what is up with people? And then to say like 10 p.m., they, they would text me at 10 asking me for stuff and like probably, I'm assuming, get mad at you if you didn't answer in time is ridiculous. Again, work-life balance. I understand. Maybe they were, you know, the bosses and they were, you know, thinking about work at 10 p.m. That doesn't matter. Your employees do not own the business. They don't care about it as much as you do. You cannot ask them to do stuff at 10 p.m. unless that's like part of the job description from the beginning. That's just like very, very basic, I feel like. Like send a scheduled email in the morning. Or if you are going to text at 10 p.m., say, hey, sorry, I'm texting so late. Respond to this tomorrow. I just wanted to like not forget and send it. I think that's a little bit more appropriate. Also, the driving hour 15, that just sucks, especially if like you thought one thing and then kind of like switched up on you. I feel like I don't, I don't know how much power companies can hold with that. Like I definitely think that they should pay for your gas. That one's just like super unfortunate. And then the fact that you were like a cleaning lady with a bachelor's degree, like that is just, and not to say cleaning ladies don't have bachelor's degree. That's not what I'm saying. Mainly what I'm saying is that that's not the role that you took on. Like that's not why you took the job. And yet you were cleaning when you were supposed to be doing like research. Like that's insane. I feel like that is just <laughs> driving an hour, 15 minutes to be, you know, doing something that you didn't even want to do with rude people is crazy. All right. So I really hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. I wanted to kind of talk all about these horror stories, job interview stories. If you want me to do more of these with different topics, kind of like reacting to these situations, let me know. And I will ask you guys ahead of time. I won't spring it on you last minute and ask you on Instagram. So if you do want to be a part of the next one and you actually want your things to be heard and talked about, then follow me on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and I'll be asking on there like 
questions or things that you want me to read for the podcast because I do like doing the Reddit ones and I will definitely still do the Reddit ones if you want. But I also want to do ones that were sent in by you and I did it way too last minute. So let me know what you guys think and what you want. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I love doing solo episodes and this one was just like a fun, lighthearted one. And I feel like it really helps a lot of people that might feel like they're in shitty situations to realize maybe their situation's not that bad or maybe it's bad. Maybe this is when you realize, oh my God, I relate to way too many of these. I need to get out of this toxic work environment. Who knows? So let me know your job horror stories, interview horror stories, anything like that. Worst boss experiences because I would love to read them. I'll post them on my story because I know that some of you probably missed it. So I'll be sure to post it on my story uh, when this episode goes live. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you want me to do more of these, let me know. If you did enjoy this episode, give it five stars, share it on your stories. That always means so much to me. And I will see you guys in my next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday.